It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our body. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. You were made for this moment. Thank you to this team that I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Jen, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Thursday, producer Steve. And happy Thursday to you. I am really impressed by this, <laughs> this collection of, uh, of people this morning. In this studio, yes, it is a Lauren Levy, Karen Levine Thursday. Great to have you here, Karen Levine. Everybody knows you. Great sponsor of both the shows, the Kim Munson Show and America's Veteran Stories, award-winning realtor with REMAX Alliance. We'll be talking about homeownership, what's going on here in the metro area in segments three and four. It's great to have you here. It's great to be here. Um, it's a little snowy in case nobody <laughs> noticed. Uh, it, a beautiful snow, except if you have to drive in at Lauren Levy. It's great to have you here as well. Thank you. I thought we were on a 90-minute delay. <laughs> <laughs> no such luck. No such luck. And uh, Lauren Levy, uh, you know him as well. Again, a sponsor of both the shows, The Kim Munson Show and America's Veterans Stories. He is a specialist in the mortgage arena. He works with a lot of different companies. So whether or not you're you're buying a home, doing a refinance, a reverse mortgage, Lauren Levy is the guy for you. So it's great to have you here, Lauren. Thank you. Okay. Get, check out the website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You will get first look at all of our upcoming guests, our most recent op-eds and podcasts. And you uh, can email me at Kim at com as well. And I greatly appreciate each and every one of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Socialism is not about free stuff. That's the carrot to get people to vote for socialism. Ultimately, that comes down to force. My friends, it's never compassionate to take other people's rights, their property, their freedom, or their livelihood via force, whether with it. In the in the old days, they'd ride over the hill with a weapon and take your stuff, but now they use predict, uh, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, or this, this big silent thief. Now, it's not so silent now, Producer Steve, and that is government-induced inflation. It's coming in loud and clear now. It sure is, and it's... Uh it's a big stick. You can't avoid it. it, it it's coming for you. And the numbers that the government comes out with at 7.5%, uh, I, I think it's much higher than that. And I think people, when they go to the pump, the grocery store, I think they're, they're finding that, Karen Levine. Almost oh, definitely. I know I filled my car up on my way to Wine and Tapas last week. And um, I think it was half again what I had paid, you know, a year ago. 
Yeah. And that, and when you figure the amount of driving I do, you add that to your budget, and it's going to start to hurt people in their pocketbooks, of course. Significantly. And how about you, Lauren Levy? Are you seeing it uh, out there? Of course. I, I think the government can, if you read their numbers, can make it look however they want. You know, They'll say this is our inflation rate, X this or X that, you know, to try to keep it lower. And if they take, let's say, oil, gas prices out, well, then it's not as bad. But who doesn't drive? Exactly. Or heat their home. Right. And this is government-induced. My friends, remember one of the first things that Joe Biden did when he got into office was to shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. And when, when he came into office, for the first time in the history of America, America was energy independent. We were exporting uh, in, um, uh, different energy sources out to other countries. And now we have Joe Biden. He's trying to make deals with OPEC. And, uh, and I think they're talking about getting into our strategic reserves. Uh, it's, super, it's terrible policy that is causing this. And it's important that people connect the dots and understand that. Now, when we are talking about our next election, we need to be electing people that are representatives of we the people. We don't need to be electing people on either side of the aisle that is only interested in a political career. Uh, We need to make sure we are uh, actually electing representatives uh, for us. And uh, so I know people are paying attention, and that's pretty exciting. Since the two of you are in studio today, Karen Levine, Lauren Levy, I was thinking about home quotes. And what better home quote than Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz? The Wizard of Oz is an American children's novel written by L. Frank Baum and illustrated by W. W. Denslow. Uh, The first novel in the Oz series uh, chronicles the adventures of a young Kansas farm girl named Dorothy in the magical land of Oz. And this was actually published in 1900. The movie was 1939. I didn't realize that, Karen. It's been around a while. (laughs) Yes, it has. She saw the debut. (laughs) Oh, Oh, ouch. Ow. I may have a birthday this week, but that was harmful. (laughs) It is. It's your birthday tomorrow. It is. Happy birthday. Thank you. And no, I was not born in 39. (laughs) Add a couple decades, please. I know you gave him, I think you gave him a present for Valentine's when you walked in. I did. Uh And she'll be taking it back, I'm sure. (laughs) Exactly. But the quote for today is, Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, there is no place like home. I thought it was appropriate, Lauren Levy, since you were in studio. Well, I really appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) And Steve didn't make fun of your age. No, no, he we, knows better. We got to see me in person. <laughs> yeah, we got to stick together. <laughs> okay, let's get over here to bill of the day, and it's House Bill twenty two eleven twenty nine. Sponsors are Representative Ron Pelton, and he is actually running for Colorado uh, Senate this election cycle, and then also Senator Jerry Sonnenberg, and it's concerning a rebate to taxpayers of the general fund surplus. Amazingly, down at the state house, there's a lot of money. A lot of money's been printed and sent to them from the federal government. And so this is actually, I think, trying to get the state, the, uh, the legislature, and, and uh, the Senate there to do what they're supposed to do under Tabor. So this bill requires the executive director to rebate $1.846 billion from the general fund to qualified individuals through income tax returns for the 2022 income tax year, 
which rebate amount is an estimate of the general fund surplus for the state fiscal year 2021-22. The rebates will be made to qualified individuals in the same manner as if the general fund surplus was excess state revenues under the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, which is TABOR, being refunded through the six-tiered sales tax refund mechanism. I like this one, Producer Steve. All right. Both the sponsors are Republican. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the way Tabor, <laughs> the life, how we say, the um, the life of Tabor uh, since, what, 1992 has been you know, up and down because we know that there are certain people who don't care for Tabor. So this one bears watching because what happens if it gets squashed? Well, it probably will get squashed. But, yes, it is Republicans, and that is Jerry Sonnenberg, Senator, and Representative Rod Pelton. Good for them on this one. And, uh, and and also, if it gets squashed, then we know where people stand on this. Well, they, I, I, I misspoke. They all bear watching, but this one really has my, you know, I'm peaked. My curiosity is really peaked. Yes, so we'll uh, stay tuned. We'll see what happens with that. Yesterday, we talked a bit about the COVID numbers here, the hospitalizations here in Colorado. And I think it was Christy Whaley that texted me and she said, remember that uh, what the definition of vaxxed is. And Patty uh, was all over this as well. And this is, uh, this is per the CDC. In general, people are considered fully vaccinated two plus weeks after their second dose in a two dose series, such as Pfizer or Moderna vaccines, or two weeks after a single dose vaccine, such as Johnson and Johnson's uh, vaccine. And if you don't meet these requirements, regardless of your age, you are not fully vaccinated. So within the context of that, looking at the hospitalization numbers here in Colorado, uh, as of right now, 36% of those in the hospital with COVID are vaccinated. But bear in mind, that is under this particular definition. So we may have people that have had um, one vaccination and they are in the hospital, or it might have been they were hospitalized before the two weeks. And so that number is probably much higher. So I think, as Lauren Levy just said, uh, whenever we look at some of these government numbers, I think that they're, I guess, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but they're kind of cooking the books. I just think they can make it look uh, whatever they want it to look like. Either way. Either way. Mm-hmm. Either way. So important point on that. Uh, one other thing, two other things. This is per the Epoch Times, the Epic Times. The CDC is not changing their mass guidance despite plunging cases and plunging hospitalizations. One has to ask and wonder why on that. And then over here, the Douglas County School Board it was flipped this last election cycle to um, four four Republicans, and and it had been totally uh, progressive activists on on that school board. Four Republicans were voted in and excited about that because – People were so frustrated with the masking and the the school closures and just all kinds of things like that. But unfortunately, we're seeing them make uh, some strategic mistakes. And uh, <laughs> and I, I hope that, that they really start to think about what the optics are here. Because um, first and foremost, the, they bought the wildlife experience, which uh, many people were very frustrated about that. 
And the optics, again, then firing the superintendent, that was challenging. Then they're talking about a mill levy, a tax increase, which I don't think we should have a tax increase. And then lastly, they're kicking around the idea of the 1,000 teachers that rallied against the school board, which I totally disagree with them walking out. And their purpose, per the teachers' union, per a Zoom call, is is, uh, even though the kids are falling behind, they'll be equally behind. They want to create hardship, and then they want to take back power. So that's the ultimate goal. And it's frustrating when we have uh, conservatives that don't aren't looking at the strategic components of this and they're kicking around the idea of releasing the names of the teachers that were uh, absent that day steve what do you want to th- say on that well i ask you just you know you know our signal goes up and down the uh, the front range there's a lot of people who don't know what the wildlife experience what does briefly describe what that means okay it um it was it was built uh, by the founders of Remax and beautiful. It's a beautiful facility. Uh, it had meeting rooms, a museum of um, lots of different wildlife. Um, um, an amazing collection. An amazing collection of wildlife. Gen- most of it was African. Um, that was really acquired by the Linegers, and Dave Linegar built that. Uh, wildlife experience to expose all of us to the beauty of um, that wildlife, along with having opportunities to have meetings, weddings, um, those type of things. It, was a, it is a beautiful facility. Um, at su- one point in its history, um, the Linegers chose to partner or sell to um, the University of Colorado. Right. And then the story continues with the Douglas County Purchase. Okay, so they. I, my understanding was they gifted it to CU, mm-hmm. and CU tried to make a CU South campus, mm-hmm. couldn't make a go of it, and so they were actually shopping it around to looking all the different, looking for a buyer, and uh, the previous school board, after the election, again, this is all my understanding, after the November election, they made a deal, put earnest money down to buy this, uh, this property, and I can't remember the exact amount. It's either 10 or $12 million. But also there's a significant amount of repairs that will need to be done as well. Uh, the idea was to buy this building at, for vocational technical uh, education, which I am all about. I really don't think kids should be going out and getting taking on all this debt when, in essence, working with your hands, you can actually create a great uh, a living. So I, I love that. Uh, and But anyway, they went ahead and, and purchased that particular property. And, and in the long run, it may be a great thing. But again, it's the optics. And in politics, you have to also watch mm-hmm. the optics. Karen, any comments? Well, we talked about this, Kim, is that um, I knew that the citizens who really promoted and um, – uh, what do I want to say? Uh, supported. Supported. Campaigned for um, the change in this school board with hopes of making better decisions, more conservative type decisions. And when they went ahead with this purchase, it felt like a slap in the face to those grassroots people. Um, my take on it was, is, okay, the the damage or the what it has been done. The beauty is, is that they... Douglas County now owns a piece of real estate that has a lot of value and will continue to have value because we only have so much 
ground to develop. So I think in the long run, it'll be a great investment. How it was acquired, that's the The optics. optics. And the optics are are also very important in all this. uh, We're going to go to break. We uh, are going to talk to Helen Raleigh. And when, when we come back, she was out in San Francisco watching this whole recall of these uh, school board members out there. Before we do that, though, uh, shout out to Hooters Restaurants, great sponsor of both the shows as well. They have five locations. That's Lone Tree, Westminster, Aurora, Loveland, and Colorado Springs. And they have all, all kinds of specials, but wanted to mention Happy Hour. They have half off some of their great appetizers and also great deals on some of their their drinks as well. So be sure and check out Hooters Restaurants and get together with some friends there. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll continue. Karen Levine's in studio and as well as Lauren Levy. Stay tuned. With the federal government printing money, it looks like inflation is on the horizon. That is why you should lock in a low rate now on your mortgage. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group is here to help. Lauren works with a variety of lenders to assist you in finding the mortgage that is just right for you. Locking in a low rate now will save you thousands of dollars over the life of your loan. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait any longer. Call Lauren today at 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Uh, in studio with me is Karen Levine, award-winning realtor with REMAX Alliance, and Lauren Levy, who is a mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group. And uh, before we continue on, this is from The Federalist by Jim Hansen. And it says, Biden's Department of Homeland Security announces it will investigate thought crimes. And it says, the Biden administration has been steadily ratcheting up its abuse of power to attack political enemies and criminalize dissent. The egregious overcharging and um, heinous treatment of January 6th detainees in the D.C. Gulag is one painful example. But it's making it even more dangerous moves towards creating thought police. And they are bold enough to announce it publicly. Since the U.S. Department of Homeland Security released a National Terrorism Advisory Bulletin on February 7th that outlined their thought crime agenda. It states the United States remains in a heightened threat environment fueled by several factors, including an online environment filled with false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories and other forms of misinformation. Okay, my friends, uh, Karen, this is of great concern. This is totally against the, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, to say that what you say, what you think, that, that actually they could put you on a terrorism watch list. Can you believe it? Well, I find myself a bit speechless <laughs> <laughs> from the standpoint that it's pretty scary when you think about um, people monitoring what is going to come out of your mouth or what you choose to write. And the beauty of America has been our right to freedom of speech, correct? It is. And shutting down voices, censoring is so antithetical to the American idea, Lauren Levy. Oh, it is. And makes you wonder, like, every time you log into... My friends and I joke about it when we'll be driving in the car and we'll be mentioning a 
electric bike, and next thing you know, you log into Facebook and you have 18 electric bike ads. It's not They're funny, listening. is it? They're it's, listening. It's, I mean, if you don't know, right? they're listening. What do we, it, it takes my breath away. I don't know what to say about that. Have you, you have not noticed that before? I have noticed, noticed that, that before. I have. Let's ask Helen Raleigh about this. Helen Raleigh uh, is, uh, she um, grew up in China, and she has come to America, and she is really, really the example of the American idea. And she was out in San Francisco uh, this last weekend regarding this historic recall of some of these uh, school board members out there. Helen Raleigh, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. So you were out in San Francisco, and you were, I should say I, I had your whole bio here, and I'm not finding where I had it exactly. But you write for the Federalist, you, and you and I are actually doing a media training workshop this weekend. It sold out almost immediately, but I'm excited about that, Helen. Me too. <laughs> uh, so let's talk, about, um, let's talk about what happened out in San Francisco. What's happened in San Francisco was so exciting and give parents everywhere hope that there's something can be done. So this Tuesday, uh, which is yesterday, San Francisco had um, the historical, well, two days ago, San Francisco had a historical uh, school board recall. And this is a grassroots effort led by most Asian-American parents. They recalled three leftist uh, school board members. And... The parents have uh, three grievances against the school board members, um, <clears throat> mainly over the extended uh, school closure in the name of uh, COVID restrictions. San Francisco school district was the last in the nation to reopen schools. Students did not return to school full time until last April, last August. Months and months after schools everywhere nationwide have already reopened. And parents are also upset that the school board, you know, um, were f- focusing more on performative social justice activities, such as, you know, I don't know if you re- recall, last year the school board voted to renaming um, 44 high schools with historical names like Abraham Lincoln uh, and George Washington. Apparently, those names represent the colonialism and the slavery that they. So instead of focusing on students' mental health and school reopening, that was a, a school board's focus. Anyway, so there are a number of other issues. So the Asian-American parents organized, starting with nothing, with no money and only volunteers, and they gathered over 8,000 signatures wow. in the middle of the pandemic to put the recall on the ballot last year. And on Tuesday, they won with landslide victory. So now those, those three school board members are out, and the city's mayor is going to appoint three new members. Now the mayor is, is a very left-leaning as well, though. Yes, she is. I mean, as we know, San Francisco is a very liberal, liberal city. But I think the national implications of this recall are several fold, right? The first one is that the even in this most leftist, most progressive city in America, that the left policies are so unpopular, even liberals, moderate liberals, couldn't take it anymore. So that's one national implication. And the second national implication is what does Asian Asian American parents, they're, they're upset, they're angry with all these policies. And they 
there are no different apparencies nationwide. We have seen that the education has become a front and center issue in this election year. San Francisco is just the beginning. We saw last we saw last year we saw it happen in Virginia. Now we saw it happening in San Francisco. And we're going to see it happen more and more, especially in this election season. Anyone, any Republicans fail to talk about education, fail to talk representing parents, we're not going to win this election. That's another implication. And the third implication is Asian Americans traditionally are known to be politically inactive, politically silent. We're known as a silent minority. But now you see this, this recall is the new beginning of Asian American political awakening. And we're going to see more from this fascist growing ethnic group in the future. Helen, education is not only important, I know it's very important in the in the Asian community, but it's important to each and every parent. And as we're looking at our kids, we are seeing them fall behind. Uh, I was looking at a video yesterday. It was a young guy going out and just asking questions, basic questions uh, that, pe- that people should know, that kids should know. And the answers were embarrassing uh, as far as... Uh, for example, like where is uh, Rome, Italy, or what country is Rome, Italy um, in? And they'd say Paris. I, I mean, I could not believe it. I'm like, is this real or not? But our kids are falling behind. We've been dumbing down our kids. We look at, at what's happened here in Colorado, first of all, with the sex ed curriculum, sexualizing our children. And then this iteration of CRT, it's been around for a long time, trying to div- divide kids into different groups. And uh, instead of uh, teaching them about reading, writing, arithmetic, history, civics, all those things, our kids are falling behind. And through COVID, parents have seen it. And I'm, I'm very concerned about this generation, uh, Helen, because I think that we've, we've let them down. We, we should. And uh, this, I, I think throughout the COVID, uh, the two worst outcomes of what happened last two years regarding to our policies is what we have what have we done to our children and our elderly, right? We let our elderly languish in nursing homes and, you know, not not having visitors and letting them be sick and dying alone. And to the children, you know, we put a mask on them, they could they couldn't learn. We caused so called remote learnings, we shut down schools. You know, they, they're not only suffering mental health issues there's a the suicide rates among youth are rising. Uh, also, like you said, they're delaying in their development. They have a developmental delay as well as learning learning disruptions. And we are only seeing the tip of the iceberg yet. We are going to see many, many years of the implications of what have we done to our children. Well, I think that we have to step up, each and every one of us, and uh, as parents, as grandparents, as community members, to go to work to try to help our kids get caught up. I don't think it's impossible to do that, Helen Raleigh. Your, your final thought on all this? Oh, I, I think we can. We, we can try to turn back, you know, turn back the tide. But like you said, there's a lot of effort. You know, we all have to work together. And whenever people ask me, what can we do to get our freedom back, to help our children? The first thing I always say, show up at a school board meeting. That's the least you can do, whether you are a parent or concerned citizen, because the children are are our future. Let's do something for them. That's the first step we all can do. 
Well, Helen Raleigh, thank you so much. And I did find your bio here, so I'm going to let everybody know. You are an American entrepreneur, writer, speaker, senior contributor at The Federalist. Your writings appear in other national media, including The Wall Street Journal and Fox News. You're the author of several books, including Confucius Never Said and Backlash, How Communist China's Aggression Has Backfired. You can follow her on Parler and Twitter at H. Raleigh Speaks. Helen Raleigh, thank you so much. And I am so excited about our media training workshop we're doing. We'll do another one. and uh, But this is will be our inaugural one. So I will see you on Saturday. See you later. Okay, thanks so much. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about housing, home ownership, mortgage rates, interest rates with Karen Levine, REMAX Alliance, and Lauren Levy, Polygon Financial Group. Home ownership and private property rights help you build wealth for you and your family. REMAX Alliance award-winning realtor Karen Levine understands this. Supply is super tight right now. This is why you need a seasoned professional with excellent negotiating skills on your side of the table, whether buying or selling an existing home or buying a new build. As a member of the National Association of Realtors Board of Directors, Karen Levine volunteers hours of her time to help you build your American dream. Call her today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. We live on the shoulders of giants, ordinary American men and women who put themselves in harm's way so that you and I can live in freedom and sleep at night. Kim Munson with America's Veterans Stories here. It is my honor to bring their stories to you each Sunday. These interviews help you learn our history from those who lived it. These stories remind us why we stand when we hear the Star Spangled Banner. That's America's Veterans Stories Sunday, 3 to 4 p.m. and 10 to 11 p.m. right here on KLZ 560 and KLZ 100.7 FM. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Before we get into the discussion here, another great sponsor of the show is Kirsch Insurance Group. They're specialists in the Medicare arena. They work with a lot of different carriers out there. And so they can help you tailor your Medicare plan that works for you. you. Each individual is different, different medications, all kinds of different things. Since the government's involved, it's clear as mud to me. So that's why uh, you need a professional to help you with uh, all of that. And that is Kirsch Insurance Group. You can find them at iKirsch. That's I-K-I-R-S-C-H dot com. That's iKirsch dot com. In studio is Karen Levine. Uh, REMAX Alliance Realtor and Lauren Levy, a specialist in the mortgage arena with Polygon Financial Group. Uh, and uh, after you were on recently, uh, re- I received this ba- from Mark, who's uh, in Colorado Springs. And he said this. This was an email. He said, he said, as you discussed today with Karen Levine, there are many forces making real estate go up in price. You touched on one that is very alarming to me that I feel I don't most that I don't understand, the commercial investors. Here's what I think is happening. The elite, the big political donors, are the people closest to the money printing. Therefore, they get access to this phony money first at very low interest rates, lower rates than the average person. This money is so cheap, they essentially gamble with it, buying stocks and now real estate. 
investment banks and investment firms like BlackRock. Um, Karen, what's your thoughts on this? Well, I'd refer to Lauren with regards to cheap money because I don't know how that all works. Um, But I do know that investment groups like BlackRock have come into our marketplace, the Metro Denver marketplace. Uh, We have a gal that attends um, our meetings on, you know, Wednesdays at your home. And she said they knocked on her door. Her market value of her home is about $585. They offered her $710 cash. And she said that was a very nice offer, but she wasn't interested in selling. And they said, no, but we're willing to give you $710,000 for your home. And she said, did you not hear me? I'm not interested in selling. And then she said, are you with BlackRock? And the person said, "Um, you know, stutter, stutter. Well, yes, I am. And she said, and I am doubly not interested But it's making your listeners aware, our consumers aware, that when we sell to an investor, which investors are coming in with cash, to be weary, is that taking one more house out of home ownership for somebody else? But that's a tough thing, to turn down $710,000 in cash. Heck yeah. But like she said, where do I move to? Well, there, there certainly is that. Lauren, what what do you think about Mark's comments regarding this cheap money and, and, and investment groups like BlackRock getting access to that? What's your thoughts? You know, I can't I can't agree or disagree with him concerning the access to money. BlackRock operates like a hedge fund, so you have a lot of wealthy people that are putting their money in there. I don't know if they're getting additional funds from the government, from the Fed, things like that. Banks borrow from the Fed, not people. And so I know that they have really strong credit, a, a fund like BlackRock, so mm-hmm. they could go. I know if they wanted to build you know, a couple of massive apartment complexes, they could go to FHA and get FHA financing. I know they could do that, which is cheap money. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and because of their backing, they have excellent credit to qualify for that. But as far as having access directly to the funds, I don't know. But we all know what the market's done over the last decade. Mm-hmm. All these people, they say the rich get richer when you have a – a situation like the pandemic where stocks ran up and those are the people that own the stocks. So it's very easy to see where they could sell some Apple stock per se, put it in the BlackRock fund, and here comes millions of more dollars to go out and buy homes with. So I don't know where the money is exactly coming from, but I know that it doesn't take a lot of quarters of high reporting of returns from BlackRock to see if they're making 9 10 11% a quarter and you've got money, mm-hmm. you're going to give it to them. Mm-hmm. Right, So whether they borrow from the bank or just investors are just moving their money over there to them, it's there. Okay, Lauren, the fact that the federal government is printing so much money, though, all that money is coming into the economy, and so so it's going to create inflation. And mm-hmm. we're seeing that across the spectrum, but certainly seeing that in, in home prices as well. Uh, so the I think the federal government, with all this printing of money, is – in a way, artificially inflating these prices. And, of course, there are, have been artificial, artificially keeping interest rates lower. Agreed. I think there's two different aspects to it. I mean, you have the Federal Reserve, and you talk about them printing money. In essence, they've been buying bonds, right? Mm-hmm. So they've been the buyer of last resort. That protects the market from tanking in that particular specified area, like treasuries or mortgage-backed securities. That's kept mortgage rates low. Okay. artificially low. The problem you have is on top of that, you have Congress putting out these trillion-dollar 
Spending bills. Spending bills. And that money is going all over who knows where. And there's a lot of fraud in there. And that's causing some of these other inflationary issues. And then you mentioned the pipeline. There's a lot of things. You know, the fact that housing is so low inventory here in Colorado is driving rents higher. Right. Um, because the people that own the homes hold the cards, right? Right. Um, so inflation is being generated through a lot of different ways. It's hard to pinpoint exactly what – there's several causes of it, I guess, is my point. Right. It's, it's multi-pronged right now. I, mm-hmm. And yesterday I had Alessandra uh, Lavallee on, and she's um, Gen Y, so uh, born that's people born between 1977 and 1994. And I've been calling it the big squeeze. She said, I'd like to be more positive resisting the big squeeze, but not only are our young people being squeezed, but baby boomers and our elderly. It's across the spectrum, Karen Levine. Well, it is, and Lauren touched on the inventory situation, which we've been having a conversation about now for several years. And that conversation continues, and it's a nationwide situation. We're seeing homes on the market today, many of them in very um, desirable communities, suburbs, however you want to phrase it, that they come on the market say at 500,000 and they're going under contract at 100,000 above that list price. Um, And that seems astronomical to me from a logical perspective. What's interesting is we felt this pressure a year ago. The numbers were just lower. So is that inflationary? You know, that Mm -hmm. people are going to offer 100 more, whereas last year they were offering 65 to 70 more. Um, But we continue to see pricing escalate less and less homes available, both for purchase. And then as Lauren said, if we have a housing shortage in the big picture, that also means rents will go up. Kim, let me throw one thing at you. Okay. If the Fed has seen a problem, right? So mm-hmm. they've come out and said they're going they're already cutting their bond buying. They're, they're doing it less and less and less each month to be phased out by March. They won't be buying anymore. The next step would be then starting to sell or release back to the market all the bonds that they did buy, right? Which would have the opposite effect of creating money. It'll take money away. So they see the inflationary problem. But if it weren't for mansion and cinema, tomorrow you could have a $1.7 trillion build America back better thing past Congress, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the two that are holding that up. And this government would put another $1.7 trillion out there tomorrow if they could pass it. Oh, my gosh. I actually sent them both thank you notes for being strong on that filibuster. Yeah. So you see the Fed here seeing a problem and starting mm-hmm. to do something mm-hmm. about it. And here you have another. Congress over there. Yeah, you have another wing of government that would just flood the market all over again, and the Fed would be helpless. So there's a disconnect. There mm-hmm. is a disconnect. Karen, you and I, remember the show that we did on The Great Reset and when I first first looked at that, and I, I with Klaus Schlob and, and his uh, band of cronies, if you will, where they said that by 2030, we will own nothing and we'll be happy about it. And, you know, it kind of sounded out there. Mm-hmm. Now we have seen, but this didn't just happen yesterday. No. This has been going on. This, this housing shortage, these policies started back in the 80s, urban land uh, um, Boundaries, And all of these young people that went to these uh, left-leaning colleges and universities, studied public administration, then gets into government uh, and government planning of our communities. And I, I think that all of that is connected. 
But when you're talking about BlackRock knocking on the door, saying that they're going to offer 710000 if people start to sell, sell at that price, mm-hmm. then the comparables go up for that. That's the new value. Community. So that's the new value. Producer Steve, this is going to be what you love. And that that fact is, is as your assessed valuation goes up because of this, and your taxes are going to go up because of that. And then you've got school districts over here kicking around the idea of a, of a mill levy increase. That's what's creating a big squeeze, Producer Steve. I just, I mean, it's not necessarily nefarious, but I can't help thinking that, you know, the counties people at the county level are sitting back quietly and and just they got dollar signs in their eyes as the housing market continues to roar they're just you know it's a windfall for them and they know it i mean who's looking out for the homeowners themselves well we're supposed to have representatives in government that are doing that karen levine but my concern is is these taxes and and then remember we got rid of the gallagher amendment which was had been put in place to try to keep our property taxes uh, homeowners property taxes in line people voted against that of course our taxes went up immediately but my concern is karen that we're going to price people out of their homes because of taxes that's also a possibility. I mean, that's just that's one more pressure on home ownership. I mean, and we've got pressures coming from all angles. One of the articles that Patty shared with us has to do with statewide building code and having to do with wildfire or fire mitigation. Statewide is not an answer. It should be local. Building codes should be local. They are the people who decide how they want their communities built. And yes, the fire, Marshall Lake Fire, Louisville Superior, devastating. A once probably in history occurrence ever. It wasn't due to wildfire. It, you know, I don't know that they've caused, figured the cause out, but I'm sorry, the 150 mile an hour winds had something to do with it. And it didn't have to do with poor building code. But you can see what happens is is PBIs, those politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, see a crisis, and they want to jump in and grab some power on that. Uh, Lauren, we're going to go to break. Anything else you want to say on this particular subject, though? Interest rates, taxation, taxing people out of their homes. What's your thoughts? No, it's tough. I talk about it with my kids. You know, I don't know how they're going to buy a house here. Um, you know, they're 18 and 20, and by the time they're ready, I mean, I look at my home and I call my home a, not a starter home, but maybe a next tier up. And the value's just gone crazy. And uh, I don't know how someone that was my age when I bought it with a stay-at-home wife and two little kids could afford to buy that place. And it's not just taxes. It's HOA dues that mm-hmm. are going up all over the place that are pushing up, pushing back on buyers. You have, you have the price. You have interest rates going up. You have taxes going up and HOA dues going up. Good luck. Right, and then you've got uh, fuel prices over here, heating a home, uh, you uh, go to the grocery store, uh, and this is all because of policy. It's bad policy. So we're going to go to break. Before we do that, Castlegate Knife and Tool is another sponsor of the Kim Munson Show and America's Veteran Stories. Family-owned biz- uh, business located right here in Sedalia, Colorado, and they have knives from the best blade makers from throughout the world. And whether or not you're getting a birthday present for somebody like Karen Levine, whose birthday is tomorrow, uh, and uh, she's a chef or a collector or a sportsman, Castlegate Knife and Tool is the place for you. Check out their website. That's castlegate.com castlegate.com. We'll be right back.
Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan, while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Would you have ever dreamed that freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of assembly, and freedom of religion would be under assault and attack in America? Unbelievably, it is happening right before our eyes. That is why it is important to keep free-thinking, independent voices on the airwaves, the Internet, and social media. Kim Munson is one of those important voices. Help her keep independence alive. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute, to join Kim in the battle of ideas raging in America today. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Another second. <laughs> We're back, Karen Levine. We're just uh, doing our. <laughs> that's, but you're exactly right. This is Kim Munson in studio. Is Karen Levine, Remax uh, award-winning realtor, and Lauren Levy, Polygon Financial Group. We have very interesting discussions during the breaks, and so let's continue on with this email from Mark from Colorado Springs. And he had mentioned that it's investment banks, investment firms like BlackRock. So. Lauren, there's, would you say there's a difference between investment banks and investment firms like BlackRock? Are they two different things? You said BlackRock. 100%. Okay, explain that. An investment bank typically is more responsible to entities like FINRA and the SEC, like a Goldman Sachs or Morgan Stanley. They house people's funds. They have a fiduciary responsibility to their investors to properly maintain those funds and report on them. Hedge funds are kind of the Wild West. They're started by usually one individual who has act, who is a very good salesperson who then speaks to wealthy people gets them to give that person their money they work on what's called a 2 a 2 and 20 basis 2% fee per year 20% of the profits and that's how those guys get rich some go belly up and that's a risk to an investor and you have to be an accredited investor to invest with them and so what's an accredited investor? It typically means someone who has at least a $250,000 net worth and several years of experience in investing. Okay. Not, not your average common person. Okay. Those people should know better as to what they're getting into. That's what the definition of accredited is. That's who's out there. They'll buy a company, like they'll take a Burger King private, okay. you know, and rebuild it, restructure it, and then go back and make it public again. That's what hedge funds do. Those guys don't get bailed out by tax dollars that... They're known to be taking risks, and if they lose, they lose. Okay. But a lot of them make a lot of money. They're corporate raiders, things like that. Investment banking companies are, are big banks. Okay. That have investment wings. You know, Bank of America has Merrill Lynch. Um, those are investment banks, and they have they're regulated by FINRA and the SEC and banking commissions and things like that. And they have been bailed out by the federal government. Okay. And that's a whole other discussion. Whole different thing, yeah. A whole different discussion on that. So this BlackRock thing we're talking about, about buying homes, that's a hedge fund. Okay. So so they're trying to get a return on investment. For their investors. So they get 2% of, of the funds under management and 20% of the profits. So they're very motivated 
to perform. That's right. Okay. And if they don't perform, people will pull their money. Okay. And that is which what we were saying when we were coming back from break. That's that's the American idea. Exactly. Right, exactly. And then you start imposing policy and regulation on whatever those things are, and you do it to protect. And I was thinking about accredited, Lauren, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there were hedge funds that went out and sold to people who put all their retirement dollars in that didn't have the knowledge and literally became bankrupt and not able to care for their well-being in their retirement years. And so I feel like there was policy that came in to protect those people. Well, and some of that was Ponzi schemes as well, right. which is different. Okay. That's a crime. Uh, being an accredited investor and getting into a hedge fund, you know, if I come to you and I say, hey, Karen, I'm onto something here. Give me a million of your dollars and here's, when, here's, my per- here's what I'm going to do. And I don't steal your money. I really invest it. Mm-hmm. But we buy an apartment complex for that million dollars and then all of a sudden we have a problem and no one wants to rent from us. That's an investment okay. loss. Mm-hmm. I didn't do I didn't do anything criminal. We just made a bad choice. Right. That's, and I knew the risk involved. Yeah, and that's yeah. what head funds typically do. Ponzi schemes are completely different. They're criminal entities from the day they start. Well, and I think social security is a bit of a Ponzi scheme now. Um, because basically what you're doing is you're taking from one person to give to another on returns and uh at some point in time the money runs out on a Ponzi scheme, right? Yes. So the question is does the money run out on Social Security or not? And, I mean, technically, you could look at it that way. At some point in time. Uh, but that's another discussion as well. My gosh, we have <laughs> we love. You guys are going to come back tomorrow mm-hmm. and then next day, right. next day. Okay. Continuing on then. He said, uh, so let's say, now we're talking about BlackRock. They're buying thousands of or companies like BlackRock investment or hedge funds, hedge funds. They're buying thousands of residential properties and are competing with hardworking families. This is from Mark, our, our listener. Then they rent them out to hardworking families that can't quite compete with them. I believe this is fundamentally unfair because of their access to cheap money that most of us don't have access to. Worse, if they go broke on their investments, Congress bails them out with tax dollars. Remember Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Okay, at this point, Lauren, I have to ask you this question. So if BlackRock comes in, I, I mean, do they have mortgages that are backed by Fannie Mae and Freddie Typically Mac? Typically not. So they're using investors' money, right? They're cash buyers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're not putting mortgages on these properties. So they're not Fannie Freddie backed. They have just wealthy investors, and they're, that's why that neighbor that Karen saw, well, they'll just drop 710000 on her tomorrow. Not in 30 days when they get a loan and an appraisal. They'll just stroke the check and she's on her way. Okay. Um, you know, now whether they go back and get FHA financing on multi-million dollars at one time and leverage those properties down the road, that's a possibility. But that wouldn't be an individual mortgage. That would be just a lean on the whole fund. And that could Which be is a, a possibility. That's that could, a possibility. Okay. But if they go belly up, they're most likely not getting bailed out. Like Fannie and Freddie back every loan almost in this country mm-hmm. and uh, that aren't jumbo you know, below a certain mm-hmm. level and they have to be bailed out in a massive housing crisis like we had or else we would have had a much much worse problem and now you're talking about 2008 yes mm-hmm. okay okay Continuing on, he says, like you, I'm not a fan of more laws, but I think the state of Colorado could pass a law that commercial entities cannot purchase more than, say, 20 single-family homes. He said he's already written to his rep, and he said, we may never get the Federal Reserve Bank under control, but this law would be a way to stem the tide of the Great Reset. And again, well, (laughs) you hate to have new laws come in. 
let me just say, Karen, that I think that this housing shortage has been because of policy over a long period of time, putting boundaries around different municipalities. They can't build uh, um, the construction defects law that was put in place, supposedly to protect people, but in essence, it closed down the condo market, which that is a great place for both young and uh, older people to buy places that they, uh, younger people can start to create uh, wealth through equity, and then older people could would, might sell their bigger home and move into a smaller condo. And it's been because of public policy. Again, economic development um, offices at the local, county, state level, they come in and they make deals with different corporations to bring more and more development into the front range. Well, there's going to have to be a place for those people to live. And again, by picking winners and losers through government, uh, it's not true organic growth. And what's your thoughts on that, Karen? It's That's overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I w- I'm just processing. As you well know, this has been a journey, and I, it's, it is concerning when, when the average middle American who is contributing to our society, to our communities who has the ability or has had the ability to have home ownership, opportunity, yeah. the opportunity mm-hmm. and these challenges. And yet, back to Helen Raleigh's piece with regards to San Francisco, housing in San Francisco has been unattainable since I got into this business 30 years ago, based on my perception of attainability, and yet people still own homes there. So... The American people figure it out, but we keep layering more and more policy um, on those dreams. Okay, and that is why this, as mentioned, this was from the Colorado Sun, that there are those that are kicking around the idea of uh, statewide policy regarding regulations on building, and that is not the answer, right, Karen Levine? No, that is not the answer, and we've done a good job as a state addressing locally addressing wildfire mitigation, which is a reality in our mountain communities and how we've done that. But we've allowed the communities to address that. The State Realtor Association um, was one of the first at the table to talk about reasonable um, expectations of those homeowners um, to give protection to communities and to housing because of wildfires. What happened here in the Front Range in the Louisville Superior area is not something that's going to happen probably for another thousand years is my anticipation and people have said oh it's because the houses were so close or it was because um, we didn't have good fire mitigation or we didn't require sprinklers in those homes you got to look at risk reduction and cost of doing that Mm -hmm. you can put all those policies into place but you think housing's unaffordable today that just makes housing more unaffordable tomorrow. Absolutely. And this happened in Boulder County. The Boulder County commissioners have been some of the most progressive uh, commissioners out there. And uh, you can see these policies do not work. We need to make sure that we get government back within its its proper reign. Uh, Lauren Levy, what's your final thought? I actually have one. <laughs> you knew that's coming. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, in all the times I've been doing this, it seems like government is reactive they see what they think to be a problem, and they try to fix it instead of being proactive. And so, like, I always talk to you about unintended consequences, mm-hmm. you know. This whole BlackRock and buying these homes 
started coming out of the recession of 08, 09, where you had, in essence, blight in cities. You had mm-hmm. cities coming in just knocking down homes and making them parks, which nobody wanted that ugly home mm-hmm. next to them. Mm-hmm. And it was a foreclosure crisis. And if you can remember, every time a foreclosure sold, well, there's a negative comp and bringing right. down everybody's value. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted that. So here comes the hero, mm-hmm. these hedge funds, and they'll come in and I'll buy 10,000 homes mm-hmm. at once. Mm-hmm. We're going to turn them all into rentals, but in order to do that, we got to fix them up. Mm-hmm. We got to make them nice enough mm-hmm. to fit the neighborhood and nice enough that people want to live there. Mm-hmm. And now you've created this monster. And that's the thing, unintended consequences. Lauren Levy, thanks so much for being here. You're welcome. And that phone number for Lauren Levy is 303-880-8881. Anything with mortgages, that's 303-880-8881. Karen Levine, thank you so much for being here as well. It's always a delight, and I always learn a lot from Lauren. I I do, too. And that phone number for Karen Levine is 303-877-7516. 303-877-7516. Our quote for today is uh, the theme of the Wizard of Oz, Glinda the Good Witch. She said, you've always had the power, my dear. You just had to learn it yourself. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.